0: He, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through and there was a man named Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small of stature so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way and when Jesus came to the place he looked up I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So far the reading of the gospel.
1: to faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord, there are two things that you may probably always face. The first is that as soon as you become aware that it is necessary to see who Jesus is, there are hindrances. Obstructions on the way, as Elias just mentioned. You may feel you're very busy. You may feel that people around you say you shouldn't do that. All kind of hindrances. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, there is another thing that you perhaps later on may also face, and that is that you sometimes. And get disappointed with those of whom you thought they would be happy with you and they would welcome you, so to say, in their family, but you get disappointed by, by those you thought of as the very good people, as the believers. Now, the question is, how do you deal with that? And today when we look at the story about Zacchaeus coming to Jesus and being saved, we will see how Zacchaeus dealt with that. And this story is very important. It was probably very important for Theophilus, the man for whom Dr. Luke wrote his gospel account. As you know, perhaps Theophilus was probably not a Jew, not raised in this faith, perhaps he lived in Rome, when he started to look for Jesus and to begin in Jesus as Savior, a Jew, a crucified Messiah, call him Lord, well, there might have been many hindrances. What are you doing? Are you believing in a resurrection of a Jewish crucified Messiah? But Theophilus was unstoppable, he wanted to see and to know more, and Dr. Luke would help him to see Jesus. But as he began to, to, to learn more about Jesus, to be drawn into the family of God, there were also those who would say, Theophilus, one of us? Don't you ever think that Theophilus could be one of us? Of course not, what a sad thing. To think of Theophilus as being one of the family of God. Now, probably the last would be the hardest for Theophilus, but today look at Zacchaeus and see how this helps Theophilus, but also how there is a message for each one of us today. So, let us first see the disappointing grumbling that Zacchaeus would face when he would... Come to Jesus. That's the first thing we will look at. So, look at Zacchaeus coming to Jesus. What is happening? Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming to Jericho, the city where he lived. And in the story that Dr. Luke is telling us, he first introduced Jesus as the Savior and made clear how Jesus is indeed the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, And then from chapter 9 and onward, we learn why the Savior has come. He has come to seek and save the lost. It all comes comes to a climax into our passage. Jesus' mission, what he would do when he would die on the cross and rise from the dead, is to seek and save the lost. Now, his travel almost comes to an end. He comes to Jericho. He's almost there. He's almost in Jerusalem. He comes to the city. He has just healed a blind man. By the way, this blind man seems to be one of the only ones who really saw, because this blind man, when he heard that Jesus was coming, he began to cry, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." He saw that the King, the long-promised King, was coming, and oh, he 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 wanted to have the mercy that he that his eyes might see the King. And now there is another man who wants to see Jesus. It's Zacchaeus. The first thing we learn about this man is his name. Names matter in Luke's Gospel. Names are important. Remember last week's story? We heard about a rich man. We don't know his name. And about poor Lazarus. We know his name. Now we know the name of this man. His name is Zacchaeus. Righteous one. That's how his parents called him. But is he a righteous man? Well, obviously, in the eyes of the inhabitants of Jericho, he isn't. He is a chief, he is the chief tax collector. Now, if you have read Luke's gospel, you have seen that almost all the times, the word tax collector is named together with the word sinner. So, if you want to know what a sinner is, well, look at a tax collector. Collaborate with the Romans and yeah. So, so if you are a tax collector, you may be a, a Jew by birth, but you are, in fact, excluded from God's people. Even Jesus would say, if a sinner doesn't repent, when you rebuke him, he may be for you as the, the, the Gentile and the tax collector, which means outsider. So, we learn a man. His name is Zacchaeus. He is not just a tax collector, but he is the chief tax collector. And next thing we learn about him is that he is rich. So he may be excluded by people living in Jericho. By the way, who were living in Jericho? If you remember the story about the Good Samaritan, you heard some people who came from Jerusalem traveling to Jericho. Who were living in Jericho? A priest came from Jerusalem traveling to Jericho. A Levite came from Jerusalem traveling to Jericho. So probably Jericho was a bit the suburb of Jerusalem, where some of the priests and the Levites were living. Uh, I just came to live in delft and I discovered that quite a lot of uh, pastors are living there, and some elders. <laughs> so yeah, delft a suburb of Delft. Well, Jericho, what kind of people are living there? Well, these people were living there, priests, Levites, and Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. Now, although he might be excluded by the people living there, he he had his friends, of course. He had his sources of joy. When you are the chief tax collector, well, you can invite many other tax collectors. And the Jews may not be your friends, but the Romans may be. And, well... They have their riches, so there were many sources of joy, probably, for Zacchaeus. However, when Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is coming, he feels he must see Jesus. Why? Why does he feel he must see Jesus? Jesus, Jewish rabbi? Well, he probably has heard, if you read the whole Gospel of Luke, that Jesus is called a friend sinners and tax collectors. Jesus was different. And this may have made him curious. Maybe he has felt, though he was rich, though in the eyes of people he had everything, maybe he has felt he missed something. Maybe he has felt his spiritual bankruptcy. Maybe he has felt, well, I must see this man because in him, there is something different. There is a ray of hope, a ray of heaven in this man. I must see him. So that's what we learn about Zacchaeus. He wants to see Jesus. He's drawn near him. But he's not able to see Jesus. Why not? Well, we learn one thing more about Zacchaeus. He is a very small man. And because of the crowd, he's not able to see Jesus. But then, surprisingly enough, he doesn't give up. He doesn't say, well, that's sad, then I get home again, I missed it. No, he, f- he still feels, I must see Jesus. So what is, does he do? He runs on ahead. Now, be aware that to run for a man in those days was something like to lose your dignity. People could laugh at you. Ha! See, the tax collector run, and he even climbed into the signal tree. People might laugh at him, but... Zacchaeus was unstoppable in his longing, in his desire that he should see Jesus. What about you? When it comes to, to know Jesus, to see Jesus? Do you long to see him? And if you have seen him, are you unstoppable in seeing him more and more like Zacchaeus? One ray of grace may be enough to to draw you nearer. You don't know exactly what it is you're looking for, but you, you want to see Jesus. Well, wonderful if that is the case with you. And then something happens that he may not have expected. He's sitting there waiting for Jesus to pass by, but Jesus stops. Jesus sees him, and Jesus knows his name, Zacchaeus so he came to see Jesus but now he discovers that Jesus sees him with these eyes of him he stops and he says that he must be today now in Zacchaeus' house so he wants to be welcomed by Zacchaeus in his house, he wants to be welcomed in Zacchaeus' life and so it happens Zacchaeus obeys he listens, he comes with Zacchaeus He stays with Zacchaeus. He literally, it does not just say that he he, he is a guest, but it literally says something like he, he will stay overnight with Zacchaeus. He will find an inn at Zacchaeus' house. That is what happens. How wonderful when this happens in our life. When we come to see Jesus and when we come to see that Jesus sees you now. He's calling you by the name. He knows everything about you. He knows the sinfulness of Zacchaeus, but he has come to deal with that. Jesus coming in your life, you being welcomed by Jesus, this is what it means to be saved. Zacchaeus receives Jesus joyfully, joy comes into his life. He once was lost, but now he is found, he once was dead, but now he is alive. He once was blind, but now he sees. He sees the one who sees him. This is what the gospel is all about. Wanting to see Jesus, discovering the Jesus who sees us, who came in this world where he would not be welcomed, where he would be crucified, where he would die, but he was willing to do so. He was willing to be excluded so that we could be included into his his kingdom. So there is joy for Zacchaeus. He was unstoppable in finding Jesus. But then hear how the people around him respond. When they, when they saw it, they see Jesus come to Zacchaeus. They see it and they all grumbled. And say so he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So this must have been sad for Zacchaeus to hear his grumbling. They were not happy that they... That, that Jesus would welcome him into the kingdom of God they they grumbled not so much at Zacchaeus, they grumbled against Jesus, and probably this will continue to happen throughout history always, and probably you will also discover that this is still happening and that you can still be disappointed not only by people outside of the kingdom but people by people who Assume that they are in sight. Now, when Zacchaeus hears this, he makes his defense. He makes his defense not towards the people who are grumbling, but he makes his defense towards Jesus. Here what he says, verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. What is Zacchaeus doing here? Well, when, when he feels that people think of him that he doesn't belong to Jesus, that he doesn't belong to the kingdom of God, he, he makes an appeal to Jesus. And there are three things we can learn from him. First, that he calls Jesus Lord. So... If you have been saved by Jesus, and if you feel that in the eyes of people you are not doing good enough, then do you make your defense for man? For Zacchaeus, there is only one to whom he looks. He looks at Jesus. He calls him Lord. Jesus has become his Lord. This is the first mark of true conversion, that you admit Jesus is your Lord. You are owned by Jesus. You look nowhere else than at Jesus. It's all about what he thinks about you, what he says about you, not what men say about you. Lord. Secondly, Zacchaeus gives a testimony of how through Jesus coming into his life, there is fruit growing in his life. There is change, there is transformation in his life. So, perhaps like the priests and the Levites who were rich, Zacchaeus was also a rich man and like they were greedy, he was greedy, but when he was received by Jesus who became poor to make us rich, it were no longer his treasures taking care of him. It was Jesus and the Father of Jesus taking care of him in his great generosity coming for him even to die on the cross. And That generosity makes Zacchaeus generous. So when we come to Jesus, when we receive Jesus into our lives, it will always go together with fruit. Something will change in your life. Something which was not there, begins to be there, not in order to be received and welcomed by Jesus, but as a result of the coming of Jesus in your life. The coming of Jesus in your life will never stay without fruit. So first, Zacchaeus calls Jesus Lord, secondly, there is fruit in his life, he is no longer the greedy tax collector, there is fruit, he is generous, much more than than many around him. And thirdly, it's clear that he repents. So yes, looking back on his life there were those moments when he was so greedy that he would defraud people, he would abuse his position. He is aware of that. But now that Jesus has come into his life, he hates his former sin. He turns away from it. He repents from it. He seeks how he can restore the wrong that he has done. So this is what happens when you begin to seek Jesus, when you are saved by Jesus. You begin to call him Lord, there begins to come fruit and transformation and change into your life, and there is repentance. These are the marks of having come to Jesus. Now finally in the story we see how Jesus responds to this, to the grumbling of the people and to Zacchaeus' defense. What will Jesus say about it all? This matters to Zacchaeus, of course. Well, verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Here Jesus confirms that Zacchaeus indeed is saved. Salvation has come, well not just to Zacchaeus, but has come to Zacchaeus' house. He once was lost, but now this house of Zacchaeus is a place of salvation. It has become a place of joy. And there is one thing I think we should see here. In which city do all these things happen? In Jericho. What do we know about the past of Jericho? You may know that Jericho once was a city when God's refugee people came from Egypt traveling through the desert to the promised land, they arrived at Jericho, but they wouldn't welcome these refugees. They would close the gates for these refugees. They would laugh at their God, and, well, they would feel safe behind these thick walls of this city. They would feel confident that nothing could happen to them. If they looked at the city, what would they think about themselves? They would think they were safe. Now Joshua sends two messengers to this city. And where do they arrive? Where do they come? They come to a house, the house of Rahab. And Rahab was a prostitute. And these two men would stay overnight. It's the same word that is used in this passage, which is a very rare Greek word that Luke uses. And I was looking for this word where it is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. It's exactly this same word. These two men stayed overnight at Rahab's house. Now think of how the story of Jericho ends. People felt safe behind the thick walls, but the thick walls fell down. The city was punished by God and ruined. except Rahab's house. Salvation came for Rahab's house. Why? Because she believed in the God of Israel. Now here we see Zacchaeus. He is a sinful man. But his faith draws him to see Jesus, the promised Messiah. And his faith saves him, brings salvation to his house. Jesus says, He also is a son of Abraham. What does that mean? Well, as we know, Adam and Eve, because of their sin, faced the wrath of God. They had to leave paradise. They faced all the sadness. But for Abraham, God said, you will inherit the promised land, you will be in, you will be righteous. Why was Abraham righteous? Was he such a good man? No, but Abraham had faith. The word of God, the promise of God concerning his son drew him made, him, made him travel, made him go. And God declared him to be righteous, saved. He would inherit the future promised land. He would be with God. He would be the inheritance. So, Jesus declares Zacchaeus. Yeah, you may think of him as a sinful man, but he is saved. He is the son of Abraham. He will inherit the future kingdom. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Man, like Zacchaeus, coming to faith in Jesus. So what is this story all about? For the people in, in Jericho, it felt that they were saved people. They had that joy, they had that confidence, because they felt we, were, we are righteous
0: people, and they have
1: that money, which gives them confidence. Only, only Zacchaeus, that chief tax collector, that's a wicked man that's the rotten apple in the barrel that, that is it seems this is a story about a saved city or a safe city with one lost man but if you look carefully at it it's a story about a saved man probably in a, in a lost city now what is the message for us well we shouldn't be Surprised that if we want to see Jesus, if we want to see Jesus better, if we want to make steps to, to come closer to Him, that we face many difficulties. We shouldn't be surprised. However, we should be unstoppable, like Zacchaeus. If people love at you, let them love. If you should do things, people think of it that strange. Just do it. You must see Jesus, and then you will be saved. And once you are saved by Jesus, don't be surprised if you at times feel disappointed. Disappointed about the reactions that you get not just from the people you formerly belonged to, but also from the people you now belong to. This can be so, so sad. However, be prepared. Theophilus has faced this. And we may also face this. So here are three applications for us. First, if you are an unbeliever, you were not raised in a Christian family, you were raised in a Muslim family, in an atheist family, or in a family that assumed that they were Christians, but in fact the gospel was never really taught about, it was just about good behavior. Well, if this is your situation, then don't stop to seek to see Jesus until you see him who sees you. Until you have received him into your life and he has received you into his kingdom. Until you be cleansed by his blood and, and welcomed and adopted in his family and declared righteous as Zacchaeus was righteous. Don't stop. This is the first application. Then a second application is for you who have become a believer. So, maybe you have faced this. I know of some of you that you have faced this, that your family was angry with you when you started to to investigate more about Christianity. They said, you shouldn't do that. It's foolish. Your agnostic atheist family, they laughed at you. They they scorned you. They said, what are you doing? But you were going on. However, when you have become a Christian, longer and longer... You sometimes were disappointed not only with your family, but also with, well, some around you who couldn't be really happy when, yeah, when you, when you joined the family of God, who said things, did things that hurt you as a believer. This happens. Perhaps this is even harder for us, and you may be inclined to give up. If you experience that. It's so painful. Theophilus may have heard this. What? Theophilus? One of the people of God? Don't let me laugh. Painful. But then, this passage, the Holy Spirit encourages us. Don't look at man. Look at your Lord. Look at what he has done in your life. Stay in the joy of him. Stay in the gospel. See what he has done, how his grace has transformed you undeniably. And how you now repent. So an encouragement is here. And then thirdly, third application, there is also a warning, of course, in this passage. You may assume that you are safe and saved. You may assume that you are a Christian, but based on what do you think so? What makes you think that you are belonging to the people of God? This passage shows us what and what not saves us. So, to be raised in a Christian family, although that's a great privilege, that's not what makes you a Christian. To go to church, to read your Bible, to pray, it's not what makes you a Christian. To try to live a moral, good life, it's not what makes you a Christian. The only thing that makes you a Christian is that you have felt, I must see Jesus, and that you began to see this beloved King and Son of God, who gave His life on the cross, who rose again from the dead, that you have come to see Him, have come to follow Him, have have welcomed Him in your life, and that He has begun to transform your life. Is this the case with you? Don't rely on your position. Don't rely on your money. Don't rely on your own righteousness. You may feel very safe through all these things, but none of these can save you. You need a Savior. You need the saving gospel. Come to Jesus
0: and find rest and joy in Him. Amen.